Well, I want to speak to you this morning on a subject called Great Hope for 2020. Great Hope for 2020. In 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His abundant mercy have begotten us again unto a lively hope. A lively hope. A living hope. A living hope. The reason why we can have a lively living hope is because the rest of the verse says, by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. He's alive. He is alive. And He is our blessed hope. And so we can face 2020 with high hopes and great hope because Jesus is alive and well. Amen. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. So what is hope? Well, hope is having a confident, favorable expectation. An expectation of something good happening in our lives based on the Word of God. To have hope <clears throat> means to be intensely expectant. It means to be confidently looking forward to something and fully expecting something to happen. We could say it this way, that hope is the anticipation of good. So what I want to do, I don't know that we'll get through the whole message. If we don't, we'll just hook up on another time. But I want to look at some different aspects, if you will, of hope. Number one, hope is a promise. Look with me at Jeremiah 29, and notice with me in verse 11. It says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to do what? Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. So we understand this, that it is the will of God for us to prosper. And while we're prospering, not to be harmed, but to be whole. Amen. Amen. And now notice the rest of it says, Plans <clears throat> to give you a hope and a future. To give you a hope and a future. That is such a great promise. Did you know that you don't have any hope and you don't have any future until you have hope? So hope is a promise that God gives to each and every one of us. And so what I've learned to do and what I encourage people to do all these decades of being in full-time ministry is to base our hope on the promises of God. You know, the psalmist said, he said this, he said, You are my hiding place and my shield. I hope in your word. Our hope is never to be based in the world system. Our hope is not in the world, but our hope is found in the word of God. Matter of fact, <clears throat> pull Romans 15 up with me, if you would. Romans 15 and verse 4. And I want you to go ahead and read it as I'm speaking twice today. So I'm going to save my voice a little bit. Ready? Read. Go ahead. <clears throat> that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures. Amen. So, since then, our hope is not in the world, but it's in the Word. 
it would pass rich dividends to keep our eyes on the God of hope and his promises. Listen to this statement. As long as I have hope, and as long as you have hope, we've got possibilities. How many times have we heard or thought there's no way impossible? But the God of hope says this, through the promises of his word, that all things are possible to him that believes. So if you will take these words of faith and take these words of hope and believe them in your heart and begin to speak diligently out of your mouth what God's Word has to say about the things that look impossible, those things that are impossible can be turned around for the glory of God. Somebody shout amen. Amen. I'm expecting things to change. I'm expecting good things to happen. Not only in the Thomas family, and the Hernandez family, the Amaral family, but every family in this church. And here's the thing that we need to realize. 2 Corinthians 4.16, it says, For which cause we faint not, though the outward man perish, the inward man is renewed when? Day by day. And then it goes on to say in verse 17, For our light affliction. Anybody ever gone through some tough times? You know, many are the afflictions of the righteous. We all face affliction. But don't ever forget, the Lord delivers them out of them all. Now notice this verse. It says, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment. That means the things that we are going through are only momentary. They're only temporary. But we have the eternal word of God to change the temporary things that we see, that we feel, that we can touch and taste. Thank God. That means these light afflictions that we are going through, they have an expiration date. I said they have an expiration date. And notice it with me. It worketh for us. A far more, far more, far more is the glory that awaits us. Far more is the presence that is in us and on us and among us than these momentary things that we can see here. Come on, somebody. A far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. I'm telling you, the weight of glory, the glory of God is weighty. Now notice with me in verse 18. I want you to read it with me. You got to do a little bit better. You got to get in one accord today. Verse 18, ready, read. Go for it. Do you like that? I mean, that's shouting ground right here. I mean, at 9.39 a.m. on December 29th, when most Christians are at bedside assembly, that is shouting ground. (laughs) Now, one writer put it this way. These hard times are small potatoes compared to the coming good times. 
the lavish celebration prepared for us. He goes on to say, there is far more here than meets the eye. The things that we see now are here today and gone tomorrow. But the things we can't see now will last forever. So since that is true, I encourage you, I encourage myself to put our hope in the promises that will last forever, not in the problems that shall be gone tomorrow. Hope is a promise. Number two, hope is an anchor to steady you. Great hope for 2020. In Hebrews 6 verse 19, in the Amplified it says, Now we have this hope as a sure and steadfast anchor of the what? It's an anchor of the soul. We're made up of three parts. Spirit, soul, and body. Are you listening to me? But this anchor is something that serves to hold an object firmly in place and keeps it from drifting. You know as well as I do, your mind, your will, and your emotions, your soul, if you will, has the tendency to drift. It has the tendency to waver. It has the tendency to be moved. But the Bible says that hope will serve as a stabilizing factor in our lives in unstabilized world and in unstable situations. And you know what that does for me? That causes me to dance. I may not be dancing on the outside, but I'll guarantee I'm dancing on the inside. Listen to this statement. When life gets tumultuous, hope will be your stabilizer. What I'm saying to you is this. You do not have to be thrown by circumstances, by emotional extremes. You will be anchored and you will be at rest and you will be at peace if you will rely on this anchor of your soul, which comes from the God of hope. Number three, hope strengthens us. Say with me, hope is a promise. Hope is an anchor to my soul. And hope strengthens me. Do we need strength? We certainly do. You know, remember Paul addressed the church at Ephesus. And he said, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, and so on. But in the same context, he said, in the midst of spiritual warfare, make sure you got your armor on. Because the battle is out there, and the battle is coming. So he said in Ephesians 6.10, be strong. Be strong. Be strong in the Lord, and in the power of His might. In other words... Receive your strength from your vital union with Him. Strength comes from communion and being in union with the God of hope and the God of all strength. 
And here's what Isaiah says in chapter 40, and I believe it's verse 31, and I think they'll put it up there. It says, those who hope in the Lord. Now, the King James says, those who wait on the Lord. That word wait there means hope with expectancy. Hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Our strength needs to be renewed daily. And there is an exchange that takes place when we go to the throne of grace and wait upon the Lord. We exchange our 10-bolt battery for His glorious power plant of the whole universe. Amen. They shall renew their strength. They're going to soar. This is what we're going to do in 2020. We're going to soar. We're going to soar on wings like eagles. Not hang around the barnyard like a bunch of buzzards. We're going to run and we're not going to get weary. Come on, somebody. We're going to walk and we will not faint. But now notice this. Hope strengthens us. You see, society has sold us a bill of goods. It has tried to convince us that strength is all physical. But some of the strongest people I know, some of the strongest people I have ever met, are not those who have strong physical capacity. Oh, but they're strong. They're strong spiritually. And they're strong emotionally. And the reason why they do are is because they place their hope in God. They make it through the tough challenges. While those with mere physical strength sometimes fail and falter. So what I'm encouraging you in 2020 is to draw your strength, not from your physical stature, but from the stature of God. We can experience strength for every day. David said this, and I quote, My soul waits upon thee only, O God. For my expectation is from you. You alone are my rock. You alone are my salvation. You are my defense. I shall not be moved. Say with me, I shall not be I shall not be moved. Isn't that good news? And so when we're waiting on God, our spirit is engaged. There's an excitement that takes place in our spirit. Because we're expecting God to act and God to move on our behalf. Something good is about to happen in our lives. We're believing. We're expecting the very best. See, when you're waiting on God... You need to wait on God with the right attitude. Looking, expecting, believing. And as you do, you will renew your strength. Not having this, this negative attitude of something, something always bad happens. I get going for a while and something stops me. You know that Satan may hinder you, but he'll never stop you if you don't let him stop you. He hindered Paul, but he didn't stop Paul. He may hinder you, but he can't stop you. He may knock you down, but bless God, he'll never knock you out. Why? 
Because you're getting up. You're getting up. Look at your neighbor and say, no more down days. (laughs) Glory to God. Your attitude should be, if you got knocked down, you're on your way up. Say, man, I'm on my way. I'm going all the way. I'm going up. I'm coming up. Amen. Not yielding to fear. Not yielding to hopelessness. The scripture says that hope deferred will make the heart sick. Now here's one great uh, nugget, if you will, about waiting on the Lord. It renews your strength and the joy of the Lord is your strength. So when you're waiting on God... Not only should your strength be renewed, but your joy should be made full. Listen to this, and I quote, The hope of the uncompromisingly righteous, the upright, those in right standing with God, is gladness. But the expectation of the wicked comes to nothing. And listen to Romans 15, 13 in the Amplified This is my prayer for myself and for you. I pray this for you all the time. May the God of your hope so fill you with all joy and peace in believing through the experience of your faith that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound and be overflowing and bubbling over with hope. Amen. Say it with me. So be it in my life. So hope is a promise. Hope is an anchor to our soul. Hope strengthens us. But hope, number four, is also an attitude. It's an attitude. What do you mean? Well, it's an attitude that guides us. Let me teach on this just for a few moments. Look with me on your Bibles, if you would, to Psalm 42. And notice with me in verse 5. Hope is an attitude. It'll guide you. In Psalm 42, you know, David faced a lot of tests. He faced a lot of trouble. And he said in verse 5, he said, Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Now, I looked up that word disquieted, and that means to be troubled. It also means to be in an uproar. So there were things coming against David, and as they came against David, it affected his soul, and it affected his mind. And so David decided to have a conversation with himself. That's one of the best conversations you'll ever have, is with yourself. How many of you know sometimes your soul needs some talking to? And so this is what's going on in David's life. And notice what David did. He said in the rest of the verse, Hope thou in God. And here's a key. When you're feeling hopeless, when there's a battle against your soul, don't talk the problem, talk the answer. Don't sing the blues, sing the praises of God. Don't let the world usher you into some sort of a phony 
peace. Let the spirit of God and the spirit of grace usher you into the throne room of God where you can worship and you can praise. And praise will still the avenger and it will silence the storm that comes to your soul. The Bible says that he inhabits the praises of his people. Don't let doubt, don't let fear inhabit your soul. Set your affection on things above. Lift up your hands, lift up your voice. Yea, even begin to rejoice and sing the high praises of God. And the glory of God shall come upon thee and overtake that which has come against you. Amen. So praise, for you are the help of my countenance got a question for you this morning. Has your hope gotten off track? You know, Brenda sometimes can tell when I'm having a battle in my soul. And sometimes she'll come to me and she'll say, are you okay? And I say, yeah, I'm okay and I will be okay. What does that mean? I'm okay by faith, but I'm on my way to being okay in reality. What I'm saying to Brenda, I just need a little time. I need, a little, I need to have a little talk with Jesus. I need to hear from heaven. I need to go to my secret place of the Most High. I need to abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I need to say and declare of the Lord, You are my refuge. You are my fortress. You are my God. Woo! That'll shut the devil up. We need to talk to our mountain because our mountains are sure enough talking to us. Before your mountain can move, you need to move your mouth. One way that you move your mouth is you lift up the high praises of God. And you find out what God's words has to say. And you say what he said. And when you say what he said, you will have what you say. Hallelujah. You know what? I'm not a drinker, but I drink water, and I will drink to that. (laughs) Verse 6. Oh my God, my soul is cast down within me, therefore will I remember. Everyone say remember. remember. Two nuggets here. I will praise, and I will remember. David said, I'm going to remember you. And he encourages us to forget not all of his benefits, does he not? And he lists those benefits in Psalm 103. So in the midst of a test, you will enter in to rest as you stand on the promises of God. Here's what David did. He just kept praising. He just kept talking to himself. He says, hey soul, why you cast down? He's doing some self-talk. Sometimes we need to ask ourselves, why are you in the dumps? Why are you discouraged? Then remind your soul of its job. Soul, hope thou in God. And so hope is an attitude. What hope does is it grabs hold of the soul and says, we're not going there today. We were there today yesterday and yesterday was a bad day but today is a new day today is the day that the Lord has made we're not going to think like that 
We're not going to talk like that. We're going to talk like this. Admiral James Stockdale learned the value of a hopeful attitude as a POW for over seven years in the Vietnam War. He was the highest ranking naval officer in the prison, nicknamed the Hanoi Hilton. He was the leader of the prisoners who made sure that the prisoners adhered to the prisoner code of conduct. He also made each prisoner aware of the secret learned from communication known as the TAP code. And he observed that the POWs suffered many forms of physical and emotional torture. But he saw that solitary confinement was one of the hardest. Stockdale saw that the prisoners were dying, not just because of the physical torture and the inadequate medical care and malnutrition, but many of them died of a broken heart. In his book, Good to Great, Jim Collins relates a conversation he had with Stockdale about how he survived as a POW. Stockdale explained to Collins that in prison he had a realistic faith. He knew that he would get out one day, but he didn't put a timetable on his release. He noted that those who didn't survive had created deadlines for their release. And when the release didn't happen by Christmas, they would put it on a new date, maybe Easter. And when it didn't happen, they lost hope. And, and, they, and many of them died. But Stockdale determined that he was going to keep hope alive in his heart. He truly believed that one day he would get out. And one day he would be released. But he was also realistic about the horrific circumstances that he was facing. And so he went about his days the best as he could. Jim Collins, in his book, Good to Great, coined the phrase, the Stocksdale Paradox. And I quote, which is this, Retain unwavering faith that you can and will prevail in the end, regardless of the difficulties, and at the same time, have the discipline to confront the most brutal facts of your current reality, whatever they may be. When the POWs were in solitary confinement, many of them learned how to combat the effects of isolation. They learned to appreciate every little thing that was positive. For instance, if they heard the voice of one of the POWs as he happened to walk down the hall, They were grateful for that. I want to say to you this morning that hope is the ability to hold on to the little things while believing that God is working on the big things. So for some people, going through challenges, they need to build on and hold on to the little things. And knowing that a brighter day is coming... But knowing this, that our faith and hope are extremely important for today if we're going to have a brighter tomorrow. Come on, somebody. And so, hope is an attitude. And then lastly, I understand this, that hope is bigger than this life. 
is bigger than this life. You know, we just heard of a precious lady that went on to be with the Lord this past week. Um, Many of you may have known Albert Pinaris. He died two or three years ago. And, uh, huh? Augustine Pinaris, yeah. And his lovely wife, Daisy, was battling cancer here. And uh, she just died suddenly of pulmonary hypertension, which means basically a heart attack. And so the, the children are devastated and the family is devastated. And we're going to do our level best as a church to be there and to be a blessing and to lift those people up. Amen. But when something like that happens, life gets dark and life seems hopeless. And so many of you have had loved ones that have gone on to be the Lord. Many of you are estranged from some of your loved ones, even though they're, they're still living here on earth. But I've just got a good word for you today in closing this. Say it with me, great hope hope. for 2020. 2020. Hope is bigger than this life. Hope transcends our life here on earth. Aren't you thankful? You know, as much as I enjoy living in the Bay Area, enjoy ministering the Word of God, this old earth can't hold a candle to what we're about to experience. I want to do my tour of duty and check out. How about you? Not before then. I don't want to stay any longer than I should. But we're on assignment. Amen. Amen. Now notice with me in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 19. In the NIV it says this. If only for this life we have hope in Christ. We are of all people most to be pitied. Say it with me. My hope transcends this life my hope is bigger than this life there is another reality and it is heaven and so we must continually remind ourselves that the life we're experiencing here on earth this hope that we have is laid up for us in heaven and that's my message to you today hope is a promise hope is an anchor to your soul. Hope strengthens you. Hope is an attitude. And hope is bigger than this life. Let's all stand. Amen. Praise the Lord.